Welcome to the Karuna Sangha podcast, episode number one. I want to jump right into this podcast because I had a lot of fun making it. But first, some wonderful messages from our sponsors. Hello, folks. This is Donnie Dumbbell. You might be wondering why they call me Donnie Dumbbell. Well, when I was just a little lad, I had a dumbbell dropped on me head. <laughs> then my mother laughed. She said, That'll teach you to keep your granny mitts off me cranny cakes, you wee thieving bandit of a boy ye. And then they sent me to work with the destitute and the beggars down at the shipyards, packing salt bags as big as me little frame and fighting off the wharf rats while I it, all just for two bits and a kick in the ass. Just so I could barely get a cup of porridge and then find me a place to hunker down among the sewage-filled streets with all the horrors and the beggars. But you know, I wouldn't trade it all for nothing. I'd do anything for them cranny cakes. And the best brand of cranny cakes is the fascist brand cranny cakes. So get your hands on some cranny Consumer brand soap. It's no better than any other soap, but you're gonna buy it because the box has pretty colors. So uh, you can go and uh, go get the soap. All right. Freaking sh- man, I'm trying to stamp thing off. Yeah, there we go. All right. Son of a. Just kidding. All right, let's get started. to dedicate the first eight episodes of this podcast to the teachings of the Eightfold Path and examine ways in which we might utilize these teachings of the Dharma to benefit our relationships. I like to think of the Eightfold Path as a tree, with mindfulness being the stock or the trunk of that tree and the rest of the teachings being like the branches that offshoot from that tree, right? So keeping that in mind, we will discuss uh, each branch and then we're, we're going to figure out ways in which we can implement them into our lives so that uh, we may you know, develop healthy relationships. The first uh, teaching in the Eightfold Path is right view, uh, sometimes referred to as right understanding. And yeah, I think uh, I think for the purpose uh, purposes that we're aiming for, I'll refer to it as right understanding. So that'll be the subject matter of this episode, and, uh, and we'll get right into it. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. Psych, gotcha. All right, so where to start? Um, I think it's best probably to start off with uh, kind of defining mindfulness, right? So there's a, a lot of people look at it, right? There's 
there's many people that are unfamiliar with mindfulness practice or uh, the practice of meditating or meditation and and uh, the different areas of, of what that can mean you know there's there's compassion meditation there's focused uh, breath meditation there's uh, just meditating on the uh, the senses you know walking meditation so there's there's many forms um, but I think a lot of people usually just think of it as just like sitting for hours and hours just thinking about nothing and uh, then they say to themselves well you know that's mindfulness <laughs> but uh you know how's that gonna help me right but uh for those of us that are you know more familiar with these practices you know it's a uh, it's very much different from that because uh, the brain does what it wants to an extent right um, I mean, shoot some neuroscientists would might even argue that uh, we really only have the power to veto our thoughts and actions um but that's like an entirely separate subject that i just i'm not going to get into for the sake of like keeping this podcast on the subject i intended so uh so when we're like when we're sitting you know what is it that we're really doing yeah so anybody that regularly meditates or practices other forms of mindfulness knows that really most of the time we're just trying to be aware of our thoughts and notice them as they come and go right and just do our best to identify um to be able to identify them but not identify with them um and to not let them have so much influence on our state of being and to not let the thoughts uh trigger more thoughts and emotions so we're just trying to develop the ability to be less reactive in other words uh, mindfulness at least to me it's the uh it's really just the practice of cultivating awareness of the thought processes uh, that are occurring and slowing down the thought factory and hopefully if we practice enough we're able to at times just shut down the thought the the thought factory completely you know so yeah we we're developing this skill we're developing on the these you know we're developing these skills as we practice and this can lead to more uh, skillful interactions with the people in our lives and it can have a major impact in our relationships so mindfulness is at the root of right view or right understanding and all that being said was just to kind of like demonstrate my example of mindfulness being the stock or the trunk of the tree you know the metaphor i used to represent the eightfold path earlier so now to just get into right understanding so well there's a lot to really there's a lot to unpack um about right understanding and I'm not going to be able to demonstrate every way we can possibly use it to benefit our relationships because, one, we don't have enough time right now that for me to do all that in one podcast, and two, I'm not aware of all the ways that are possible. Um, you know, and that goes for all the practices that I'll, uh, that I'll cover in later podcasts. I'm just doing my best with the knowledge I've managed to gather here in you know in this little time I've existed, you know, in this manifested form. So, of the you know universal energy um i just wanted to address that before i start uh just so um you know i'm not claiming to to know everything i don't barely know anything so what is right understanding well the way that i've come to understand it is (laughs) you see what i did there anyway the way that i've come to understand it is uh the understanding of the dharma right it's the understanding of impermanence it's the understanding of non-self and interdependence 
and we're going to get into all this as the podcast continues, but, um, you know, cover it all more in depth and, and it's the understanding of course, of the reality of suffering or unpleasant experiences like anxiety, sadness, and pain. And, uh, and the fact that that's all part of our existence and the inevitability of it and the causes and of course the ability to reduce suffering in our lives through the eightfold path. So to go deeper, right? We have this ability to nurture right understanding, or you might want to call it wise understanding. You can kind of pick and choose there for whatever kind of fits your vibe or makes you, you know, makes more sense to you linguistically. So, so what is it? Like I said, it's, it's interdependence. It's, it's non-self, it's impermanence, it's suffering. And, and of course, mindfulness, it's, it's the awareness of all these truths. But how can we implement the knowledge of these truths? And how can we use them as tools to strengthen our relationships? Well, let's kind of like, let's take, for example, let's start with the understanding of impermanence. How do we do that? So you can say, well, of course, even the universe might end, right? So everything's impermanent. Okay. But then there's like, there's saying it and then there's living by it. And those are two very different things. We can contemplate these things, but if we're not living with the full acceptance of this truth, then we're still going to be acting out our lives with as if the present moment isn't the most valuable moment. And just recognizing that all things are impermanent, especially our relationships will aid us in the ability to like detach from the anxiety and trying not to hold on so tightly in our relationships. And, uh, and it just helps us to worry less about things being perfect in our relationships and trying to maintain or create relationships that that uh, relationship that's devoid of suffering because that relationship just doesn't exist suffering is inevitable right but it's important that we still rely on each other and it's it's necessary to nurture the interdependence because after all we're social creatures and we're interdependent so understanding that and understanding that there's not really a self-independent from everybody else and that it's really truly impossible to rely on only yourself kind of convol- just knowing that that kind of cultivates the compassion within us so yeah and I think you know compassion is just one of the greatest emotions and interactions that we can share with the universe so you know, compassion only leads to more support and understanding in our relationships. And it ties right into the teaching of non-self. So what is non-self? It's the reality that there is no permanent fix to you. Everything about us is constantly changing from our thoughts, opinions, and ideals, being influenced by our family or friends or a culture and our environment even down to the cellular level and even the atoms that make up ourselves are being exchanged continually through every moment of our lives so realizing this you know realizing there's really no fixed self forces us to drop the illusion of separateness and helps to shrink the ego and living with this truth uh, as a daily practice just reminding yourself of the constant energy exchange naturally makes us less competitive in our relationships 
because we're all the same energy and that energy has always existed you know you've heard it before it, it can't be created or destroyed it's only converted from one form to another so so knowing this promotes cooperation in our relationships knowing that the energy that's within myself has always existed and it's in everyone else on this planet it's a uh, it is us it's it's our bones our muscles our skin the, the chemical electrical processes that that allow us to have these interactions it's it's all the same energy the energy that's always existed it, you know allowing yourself to feel separate especially within our relationships and being focused solely on the self well, that's a relationship doomed to die and yeah you can look at it and say okay well so if everything's impermanent why should i even try and sure you can you can look at it that way but i don't think that's the healthiest view <laughs> like i don't i don't think that's the lesson in the teaching you know in the teachings so just because something's impermanent doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy it while it lasts or that you shouldn't you know strive to make those relationships last i'm sure we've seen relationships go through rocky times we all have you know and and go through those rough waters or whatever you want to call it and then come out the the other side stronger and more resilient and sometimes sometimes not but sometimes we really just need to know when to let go but there's always going to be ebbs and flows there's always going to be ups and downs you know the ups and downs are the emotional roller coaster that this life is and just being aware that all things are impermanent and that you know good times and bad times they're going to come and go and with that understanding of inter interdependence and impermanence and the non-self, we can we can more wisely navigate our relationships and reduce suffering in our lives and uh, and the loved ones, you know, our loved ones as well. So, you know, the people that we care for, we want to reduce their suffering as well. You know, so because really, what is what is suffering? You know, it's it's our attachment to the to the illusion of self. It's it's a uh, it's the attachment to the to the idea of a permanent fixed self. It's you know, and its causes are our short sightedness, our limited views and our ignorance of the of the grand reality that we're all connected. So, you know, unfortunately we're usually pretty addicted to our attachments, uh, uh you know, but all addictions can be broke with proper training. And uh if we can be more compassionate towards ourselves. Uh, so it's kind of natural to understand and, and you know well you know it's completely natural to feel to feel attached um, to people and things so just be compassionate towards yourself obviously you're not gonna be able to break these habits in one day these, these addictions so you know we all want to be happy and uh, when we feel unhappy we just don't feel physically well and we don't like feeling that so we try to avoid it as much as possible and we seek pleasurable experiences whether that's through relationships material objects chemical reactions triggered by you know triggered by all the, the stimulus around us and and uh you know the responses of those reactions in our bodies we're we're uh, always seeking those pleasurable uh, experiences and especially especially during the more difficult times in our lives in our relationships uh, and we often might try to force things in our relationships in order to like maintain that pleasure um, but unfortunately that's just creates more suffering. So, uh, it's like trying to put out a dumpster fire, right? By throwing gasoline on it. It's, 
it's, uh, it's just not going to work out very well. So utilizing mindfulness practices to help us understand interdependence, impermanence, and, you know, the non-self aids us in reducing our suffering and the suffering of those we interact with in our day-to-day lives. So by using this knowledge to navigate our relationships with more awareness and uh, develop more compassion in our, in our lives, um, compassion for ourselves, family, friends, coworkers, uh, you know, our community in general. And, and, uh, and while that, that compassion carries forward, it, it really does. The more compassionate acts we engage in, the more potential for those moments to create a ripple that expands out into uh, into our society, and I've seen it happen. It's you know, uh, like compassion begets more compassion, and it's and it's like that expression, you know, hurt people, hurt people, and there's a lot of truth to that. Even though it's kind of like just a, a catchy sentence to throw out there, uh, there's so much truth to it, and uh, there's plenty of psychological studies that prove this so so why right why, why is this all important well good question because i think i think it's important because we usually want healthy relationships in our lives right and uh hold on my my dogs are dreaming because we usually we usually want healthy relationships in our lives right and um you know, these are like very fundamental tools of Buddhism, and uh, they're really based in a practical type of knowledge that we can incorporate in, into our interactions. I mean, what's the point of practicing mindfulness if we're if we're not using the skills that we gain and, and the knowledge we acquire to reduce our suffering? Like, what is enlightenment? What does that even mean? You know, it's it's not some person gaining some form of omnipotence and whether like sitting levitating above the meditation cushion and you know spouting wise quotes you know day in and day out it's it's you know really what it really is at least in my mind is just being able to shed the constructs of society like all the like all those you know social constructs that we've we've been raised on from the moment we were born until now in the in the present moment You know, it's being able to deconstruct those and being able to reduce the ego. That's how I view enlightenment. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's not right view, but that's my interpretation. And it's being able to, like, it's being able to pierce through the veil of the illusion and, you know, that that illusion of who and what you think you are in that moment and being able to do that from time to time. Now... Can one stay in that state of awareness permanently? Like, who knows? I mean, that's supposedly what the the Buddha had become, but is that attainable for us in these times with all the distractions and, you know, the technology and all the potential for further attachment? You know, really, like, who knows? Maybe it's something, you know, is it something to aspire to? Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, right? Who knows? You know, maybe there will be another Buddha, but even if we only have moments and glimpses as rare as they can be, at least we'll have those those moments. 
And those moments can be life-defining moments for us. And honestly, anybody who claims that they have some form of pure enlightenment will, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I would just, I would avoid those people. But, but uh, basically, it just comes down to understanding we need to co- like cooperate together, right? And we need to, we need to listen to each other. Our our ability to communicate with each other is the fundamentals. You know, it's it's. Sorry about that. It's the fundamentals. It's it's the bedrock of our relationships. And you can give a million gifts and go out of your way to show how much you care, but it. But you know, in the end, communication is is going to be the key to any healthy relationship. So we got to encourage each other to be more open and just communicate better and and nurture our relationships in that way and just recognize the negative patterns uh, because we all get in our slumps and our modes, right? So being able to, you know, well, that's, that's another useful thing about practicing mindfulness. It's just being able to notice when you're repeating the negative patterns in, in our relationships and in our lives in general, right? Often we get so caught up in the day-to-day tasks, we, you know, we're just trying to move forward, which is great. It's a wonderful experience when we feel responsible and we're, we're able to provide for ourselves and our, and our families. But if you get stuck in that, you know, that ant mode and you're just going, 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 then you're not present and you're not going to notice the precious moments and you won't be able to cherish and savor them. We're, you know, we naturally want to improve our situation, but try to live with, with a non-judgmental attitude attitude towards you know others and especially yourself as as much as possible and i and i know it's like it's hard we're constantly comparing uh, but just having that non-judgmental viewpoint when applying these practices will be way more beneficial than allowing them to generate even more suffering because you feel inadequate you know uh, think of it as like a like a game because you know, just just ask yourself, where can I implement one of these teachings in one of my relationships today? And and in so doing, you'll develop the awareness and uh, begin using these teachings in all aspects of your life. So just understanding that suffering is inevitable and uh, it's just simply the, the nature of our existence, right? Giving us the insight to, to be more compassionate towards ourselves and understanding that we're not going to be able to make every moment beautiful, like... We're not going to be able to. We're not going to be able to make every relationship perfect, and that's just how it is. So, you know, accepting that. You know, well, it's like accept, accepting that's hard, but it's necessary to be able to live um, with ourselves. <laughs> you know, be able to live with ourselves. So, you gotta you gotta move on, let things go. Uh, so just try not to be such a such a dick to yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I know that's really hard, but uh, we're all, because, yeah, we're all our own biggest critics, so. <sighs> um, and this and this part kind of ties into the next uh, episode where, uh, where I'll be covering right intention. Uh, right intention also covers uh, releasing selfish desires and, you know, expressing uh, compassion in our relationships and... And not to say, you know, we shouldn't be selfish at all. Uh, I'm not sure it's even entirely possible to be unselfish completely, but uh, most compassionate acts, you know, 
most compassionate acts have a deep-rooted selfishness to them and that's perfectly fine but um, we often just need we, we need that time for ourselves and we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others right um, so that's what that's what I'm getting at but yeah I think uh, that about covers everything for this episode and uh, I'll be getting uh, I'll be I'll be going through all eight practices provided in the Eightfold Path and then applying them to our relationships and then incorporating some of the uh, other teachings along the way as well. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you for your time. And if you enjoyed this, uh, leave a like and please, please, please comment because that's kind of the, the main goal of, of all this. I want, you know, I really just want Karuna Sangha to be a, a, a Sangha. Like, I don't, uh, not just... I don't want to just be a vessel trying to promote, you know, my philosophies and my ideals or, or the way that I interpret Buddhism. And, you know, I'm, I'm really not trying to fall into any category. I don't like labels that much. So, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I'm this type of Buddhist or that type of Buddhist. You know. I don't even want to be referred to as a Buddhist. Like, I'm just a person who finds the teachings useful and... Uh, and it's just been integrating them uh, over time and, and I've experienced uh, firsthand, you know, their potential for pretty radical reshaping of, of uh, perspective so, and uh, perception. So, um, yeah, they've, they've, the teachings have uh, really improved my life. So what, what I'm trying to do is just figure out ways to reword what many people have already said, right? Um, so... Yeah. So for whatever reason, you may have already heard some of these teachings, but they just didn't seem applicable to your life at the time. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe my perspective and and choice choice of words slash you know examples can make something click, and uh, hopefully I, I can potentially help someone. So if I've you know if I've helped you in any way at all, that's that's really awesome. And uh, if not. And you feel like I just kind of rambled this whole time. <laughs> I apologize. And uh, yeah, the whole goal is to just get people, you know, get people connected. I just and uh, facilitate and spark conversations and spark ideas and just help make things click for people. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day and I will hopefully see you on the next episode. Um.